Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Today we're talking about Belle's Magical World, which is a 1998 movie, in quotes. <laughs> I'm Candace, and with me is my co-host, Arzu. Hey, Arzu. Hello. We're Beauty and the Beast fans, right? Big time. Favorite fairy tale, favorite Disney movie. It says so much about who I became as an adult. All of it. I was Belle multiple times for Halloween. I started reading because of Belle. I don't think I actually had a Belle Halloween costume, but I did have a Belle, like one of those fancy Disney store nightgowns that kind of looked like a costume. I had a fancy Jasmine one. Oh, I had one of those. Yeah. Use a blanket, pretend it was a magic carpet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just now, like you do. Big Beauty and the Beast fans in the house. Today. Yes, yes. So I was kind of like morbidly curious about this. Had you seen I, this before like watching I it? I had for, not. I had okay. no clue. All I knew I grew was, up with this. I had the VHS. <gasps> you did? Did you like I, it as a kid? I did. I did. Okay, yeah. Kids are stupid. I mean, <laughs> it, it did it it did its job. It entertained an eight-year-old. So Okay, so the reason we say, like, quote, movie is because this was obviously meant to be, like, a series, and it failed. And this is, like, the Atlantis movie is like this, and so is one of the Tarzan movies. Yeah, Tarzan and Jane is like this. I feel like there's another one. There's the Atlantis one. Cinderella 2. Cinderella 2 is like this. Yeah, Cinderella 2, yeah. They do a better job with those vignettes, though, I feel like. Because the Cinderella 2 one has a through line. Yes, it has The Tarzan and Jane one, too, that has a through line, but this one It has someone telling the story. Yeah, there's like there's a reason we're telling these stories, but I feel like the Atlantis one tried to give it a through line. Yeah. Like a very hasty one. It didn't really work. Yeah, it's like, oh, me. we just came back from this place. Oh, we have to go to this place now. Kind like, of why are we in the Wild West when we were just in Norway? But so this works better than Atlantis too, I think. Okay. Okay, so this is again another mequel. Me- to Beauty and the Beast. It takes place after the Beast traps Belle or Belle trades her life for her father's. Mm-hmm. And it's before, obviously, the curse is broken. Right. So, okay, let's just let's break it down by the three stories. Let's go into it. Okay, the first one is the perfect word. And yes. yeah, Belle and Beast get into argument and we're introduced to three new characters. Where where did these char- characters come from, Arzu? Not why are they that, not? In the why do we never see them again? Okay, there's a lot of like implications in this movie that scare me. They were straight up murdered. Okay, yes. Okay, so the characters is a um, a pile of paper named Crane, which I'll talk about why being a pile of paper is kind of haunting. Uh, a quill <laughs> named La Fume and Webster the Dictionary. <laughs> yeah. So. Belle and the Beast get into argument, and Belle's like, I'm not going to apologize until he apologizes. So the three new characters, who are also played by Jim Cummings, Jeff Bennett, and Rob Paulson, like the holy trinity of men voice actors <laughs> right here. You know their voice, right? Right. Like, these are the guys. Yeah. Jim Cummings is freaking Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and like Darkwing Duck, right? Yeah. And He's a bunch of things. He's all over the place. Yeah, same. Rob Paulson has been multiple Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and Jeff Bennett is a gargoyle. He is um, – he was in the Goofy movie. He's a bit – all three of these guys have been in multiple movies that we have seen in the past. Yeah. They meet Belle. 
Yes. Yeah. And I can't – I'm blanking now on what prompts the friendship because I know like the, the gist of the story, but – The dictionary. I think she's like, oh my god, a book. <laughs> right, because she's read all the books and that math. Oh, no, she doesn't have her massive library yet. No, she doesn't, but she sees a book and she's very excited. Right. And so everyone's like, oh, no, the, there's not good energy in the castle. What can we do? So they fake an apology letter from the Beast to Belle. And Belle's like, I forgive you, all this kind of stuff. And then it comes out that it's a fake letter and the three paper book and flume um, – Quill lied. And then the beast is like coming at them and Belle's like, I won't let you hurt them. And it's like, there was a fire right there, you know? Like, Yeah. It's like, heavily implied like something really bad's going to happen. Well, didn't he kick them out of the castle? Well, yeah. Instead of whatever he was going to do before Belle stopped him, he grabs him and literally throws him out of the castle. Like, what is an enchanted writing utensil and paper going to do outside? Die. Yeah, because apparently <laughs> they get cold. The furniture can get cold. I feel like maybe that's the distinction between, like, furniture that used to be people and furniture that was furniture originally but now can, like, walk around and stuff. Because I think that those are two distinct groups in the castle. Really? You do think there's some that are just – Well, because the thing is, like, if – Everything everything in the castle is enchanted, right? And I'm not counting the live action movie where, like, the hairbrush doesn't move. Like, think of, like, the Be Our Guest sequence. Like, we have every piece of cutlery and dishware and glassware and everything is singing and dancing. If every yes. single one of those things was a person, then the castle had no furniture or also- cutlery or dishes or anything. Like... That they would just be a giant empty castle. So I think that the furniture and objects with personalities and voices were and like people eyes and, and the one and eyes and the ones that well not necessarily eyes because like the coat rack was clearly like the valet, but he doesn't have eyes, but he does have a personality. Oh yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, but yeah, the ones that the don't have a personality and they just like move, I think those were just objects. Yeah, that like are kind of controlled by the other human furniture. Yeah, it was like. Like, they were objects that were enchanted because the enchantress is like, not only am I cursing everybody along with you, but I'm also going to make your life really inconvenient. Yes. And also, we find out, so if they feel cold, that means they feel pain. Yep. Well, yeah, because Lumiere, like, burns Cogsworth's butt in the first one. So they feel pain. This is, like, very disturbing implications (laughs) all around. God, I want to watch Beauty and the Beast now. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So... Oh, at the beginning, I saw this trivia fact. It's revealed that the castle is essentially like off limits to outsiders. But at the beginning, the beast is dictating a letter to order firewood for the castle. Maybe he'll go like, they'll leave it at the end of the driveway. It's like the the DoorDash now. It's like, leave it at the door. Yeah, he's just ordering DoorDash firewood. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess like the beast over here, Spell, talking to the three banished furniture things and he's like I should be nicer and he apologizes and he's like wow that was easy yeah that's it right that's it like it's the same fight over and over and over again oh my god that is what really bugged me with this because it's like y'all are not helping like I'm not getting why she fell for him eventually you know yeah because like in I think part of the problem with this is 
like we were already pushing it with the enchanted Christmas, like oh, yeah. happening in the middle. Because yeah, sure, they they skip wintertime. So sure, maybe there was a big thing at Christmas and that's sort of post wolf chase, pre library sort of what prompted them to to become closer friends. Like, sure, I can I can buy it even though it's a stretch. But the the thing is that the longer you spend showing what an asshole he is and how like mean and cruel and like beastly, it becomes less and less likely that she's going to fall in love with him without more kindness on the back end. Yeah. To justify. You gotta at least even it out. And this is not you even have to close. even it out. And it doesn't because the the casual apologies at the end are not enough. No. It was not enough. He was literally about to murder the three of them. Yeah. Okay. That the third story. Oh God. Okay. The well, third story. The, or the second. No, the third story has more of the beast and bell. Oh issues, right, right, right. But yeah. Okay. But let's go to the second one, which is Fifi's foil, uh, folly, folly. On the anniversary of Lumiere's first date date with Fifi, he gets nervous and he sets the place on fire. Are the books alive, Arzu? No. We saw some of the books alive, but during that, it was like, oh, no. So Belle helps Lumiere prep for his date. However, Fifi, like, sees them and thinks that they're together now, Belle and Lumiere. This one, I think, bothers me the least only because it doesn't directly involve the beast. So yeah. it doesn't, like, mess up the love story side of it for them. Oh, it's just okay. like, this is very plausibly something that could have happened. Yeah, Fifi calls her calls Belle many things, including a vixen, evil, like an encha- evil enchantress. Not blaming Lumiere. No, because it's the woman's fault. Yeah, it's always the woman's fault. But like this was 1998. Like we were know. still blaming women for men's behavior. We like people still do that. But like know, even the best intended people were still doing that back then. Yeah, and. It's also Lumiere's, like, flirts with everyone. Do you remember, like, the Enchanted Christmas with, like, Angelica? Yeah. Where was Fifi then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fifi so didn't they- care if it was – maybe that's why Fifi's so defensive now because she she found out about Angelica and she's like, no, this isn't yeah. happening again. But, yeah, I don't know what to say about this one. You got opinions? It was fine. It was cute. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, a point at the end where – they fall off the sled that they're going off of and, like, nearly die. Well, then. And doesn't that happen at the end of the third one, too? Like, they yeah. fall off a cliff or? Um, Cogsworth falls. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to Broken Wing. Broken Wing, a bird comes into the castle with a broken wing. Belle, like, fixes it. The beast is like, ew, animals. I mean, okay, in this respect, I can relate because I strongly dislike birds. So if I had a castle and the person I was trying to woo and fall in love with shows up with a bird, like, I I think that would be it. I think it would be over between us if they didn't get rid of the bird. But the beast ends up liking the bird and wants the bird to only sing for him. So he cages the bird. I didn't say the beast was smart. Yeah. He cages the bird. And he's like, no, only he can sing for me and all this kind of stuff. And I guess Belle has a Freudian slip, which is not a Freudian slip, but like, it's like, who would want to be caged up here? You know, like, and the beast what? is like, what? I feel like by this point, 
as a child, rewatching it, like I was so mentally checked out that I remember this one like the least well. Or you like fell asleep during this multiple times. Like I just think by this point, I, I had taken out a toy like as a kid or like as an adult, like watching yeah. it for this. I had my phone out like by this point because I'm like, I know I watched this and I barely remember it. It really like disturbed me how the beast was like, no, I'm just going to steal this animal and keep it away from the outside. Yeah, well, I think he's probably had to learn. a. I don't know if they wanted him to like learn a lesson about like you can't keep people captive and expect them to shine. And be like, see, you're doing that to Belle. But if that's the lesson he learns now, he should immediately let Belle go. I guess he he doesn't learn it. Well, no, it's just about birds, Arzu. It's just about birds. Birds can go, but Belle's got to stay. Like, it again, it weakens the love story. Completely. Because it's just like all these terrible things he's done. Like, I don't, like, I, I, I know I said it a bit earlier, but I don't think Enchanted Christmas weakens their love story. I actually have like a soft spot for Enchanted Christmas. I know it's cheesy, but like, I think it works. But this, I'm like this, I can see why they didn't make this into a show because it challenges the integrity of the movie. Do you think if it was a show, they would slowly have shown him not being an ass as much? I'd like to think so. But somehow I feel like it would be one of those things that like they have to kind of keep it at the status quo. Yeah. And not can't make let any him grow chance. because he still needs to do that flip in the movie and he still needs to to grow that way. And they need to have something there. Right. Which I yeah. think the Enchanted Christmas does just fine. Yeah. Because the the jump from like the wolf thing slash her helping with the scratches on his arm, jumping straight to like something there and the library and all that, like, it is a big jump, and we are meant yeah. to think that, you know, a bit of time has gone by, and clearly they're getting along a little bit better. So, yeah, having having it be three days over Christmas that is the thing that softens it is fine, but having it be like him arguing over a bird and being mad about a fake apology letter and, like, things like that, I'm like, okay, how long was it between the wolf chase and the library? Yeah. And how many servants got murdered in the end of time? How many servants got murdered in the name of this love story? Like, or even before Belle came, like, if oh Belle man, wasn't there, those three would have been murdered. Yeah, but if Belle wasn't there, those three wouldn't have done the fake apology. Oh, so we're blaming Belle? No, I'm just saying <laughs> I'm he, wouldn't have, he wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> okay, but yeah. Uh, back again with the paper on fire, like Lumiere, like again, he sets books on fire. I kept thinking about the paper. The paper is just a stack of papers. What happens when you run out of paper? Maybe it never runs out. It is magic, right? Yeah, it's uh, endless paper, bottomless paper. Okay. So the majority of the voice actors from the original are back, except for Angela Lansbury. She does not voice Mrs. Potts. Instead, is voiced by Ann Rogers. And no one knows why she didn't come back for this. But I think I do. She knew. She took one look at the script and went, no. Nope. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. According to Disney Wiki, uh, this is considered, along with Pocahontas 2, like one of the worst Disney sequels, sequels, prequels. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's only Pocahontas 2 being kind of tone deaf racism. I don't think it's that. There are definitely worse ones. It's not that bad. 
I think people are so passionate about how Pocahontas 2 and this movie are done is because they just like they love Beauty and the Beast and Pocahontas so much. Right, right, right. Versus Lady and the Tramp. The people watching the Lady and the Tramp sequel didn't watch it when it first came out, you know? Yeah. Okay. So since it's just you, Arzu, okay, here here we go. What do you think the critic score is for Umbrot and Tomatoes? 33%. Oh, you were very kind. It was 17% with six reviews. Oh. And the reviewer from Agony and Ecstasy said, it's trash, literally. Something that wasn't good enough for its intended purpose, aka the TV show. And so Disney slapped a box on it and charged money for it. And I paid it. Well, I didn't. My parents did. Yeah, your parents did. (laughs) Have them sit down and watch it and be like, we put our money in this. Oh, they did. I'm positive they did. Uh, Okay. What do you think the audience score is? There's 50,000 reviews of this or ratings. Can I have a hint? Is it better or worse than the critic score? Better. But remember, it was 17%. Right. Um, Or am I 22%. Okay. It was 72%. I was trying to give you- Whoa. I- I was going through some of the reviews, and I think maybe some people were confused and just thought this was Beauty and the Beast. Okay, that's very possible. But, okay, I got a positive review. Amber says, Belle's Magical World is a sequel to the beloved Beauty and the Beast and has all the magic and romance from the first. Amber, are you good? Yeah, Amber Amber doesn't know what romance is. Amber has critical thinking skill problems. Yeah. Actually, that's not fair. Amber enjoyed it. Yeah. Amber might be a, a child. We don't know. Good for you, Amber. Oh, yeah, um, Jaden says, Disney Toons didn't know when a movie didn't need a sequel, and they gave Beauty and the Beast literally three sequels, which I don't – I only know about these two. Is there a third one? Maybe they mean, like, the three stories. Okay, and maybe, like, there is, like, a princess movie, too, that I think, like, Belle shares with someone else. Okay. No, there's, um, there's, like, this one and – Enchanted Christmas, and I think uh, Bell Tales of Friendship, which is like a fusion between this oh. and Sing Me a Story. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Maybe that's what they mean. The fever yeah. dream that is Sing Me a Story, Bell. Yes. Please check out my video on YouTube, slash the Kiki Waffle. No, C slash the Kiki Waffle. Okay, anyway, it says, this isn't even a sequel. It's a make cool. It totally didn't fit the timeline and added a lot of new characters never mentioned in other movies. Also, the animation is really bad, and the story is boring. Most importantly, the story is childish. Well, yeah, it's for children. Yeah, I don't think that's fair. Like, it's supposed to be childish. It's a child. Childish, or it was like, it skews too young is not a criticism I ever enjoy in children's media, because I'm like, yeah, it's for children. Okay. Uh, um, Here's another. Matt said, I started watching this with my seven-year-old daughter who loves the original, so it seemed like an easy bet. She couldn't make it through the first segment. Now I'm a 34-year-old straight male who watched Belle's Magical World by himself. So no, I'm not okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then like another one said like Disney isn't learning from their mistakes and they learned they think that the Enchanted Christmas is a mistake. You can go fight them, Arzum. Okay, no, that's wrong. The Enchanted Christmas is not a mistake. It's actually delightful. Yeah, and um they said to give the last one at least credit it had romance in, in it. This doesn't have any here. It doesn't even feel like you're watching Beauty and the Beast. It feels like you're watching an abusive odd couple. Well then. It also, it has three stories in here that look like episodes from a rejected TV series. Well, you're on the money there, Mac. It was. I think like, 
Yeah, like the the lack of romance in a Beauty and the Beast story is a problem. Yeah. Like that's that's what people are here for. Like even even the Enchanted Christmas, which I swear this was not supposed to be an episode about the Enchanted <laughs> Christmas, but I can't help but draw the parallel. Like the driving conflict is somebody trying to tear their romance apart while they are trying to make a go of it. Or at least Belle yeah. is and Beast is just being grumpy. But that you know, it is what it is, and she's a ray of sunshine. But but then like they have this the whole conflict is the two of them and their clashing personalities and like the fact that she is here against her will but she's trying to make the best of things and he is like a freaking prince who yes he's cursed but he's not even trying and it's like there is good potential there you scrub the serial numbers off of this and this is like a compelling romance story but bell's magical world is like awkward and bad yeah, no, I agree. And just to say like more about the Enchanted Christmas, I agree. I think it's one of the better sequel mickles. And it's like the only one at the Disney parks that is actually like acknowledged. Because um, at Christmas, Be Our Guest, the restaurant, has decorations from that movie, including Angelica on top of the oh tree. God. Goals, and- I want to see this. Yes, you have to come down. Mm. It's so pretty. They also have Belle in her Christmas dress. From that movie, I too. love her Christmas dress. When I worked at the Disney store, around the holidays, like, we'd always get, like, Halloween costumes, like, for Halloween. And then we'd get some extra costumes, like, all the way into the holidays so that people could buy it as presents. And we would get Belle's Christmas dress as, like, a deluxe costume. And I would just – it was so beautiful. And I used to stand there wishing they made this sparkly princess costume in my size because I love it so much. It is the best. So yeah, watch Enchanted Christmas instead of this because it wasn't even fun, like, bad watch. Yeah, it's not even fun bad. It's just bad. There is a screen cap from this where, like, Belle is making a face that became very, like, memeable. We'll have to use that. (laughs) You post that on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, the animation would just stop sometimes and hold on one frame. (laughs) Gotta save that money. Another – there's no music in this, is there? Like, singing. There is a song after – the moral, the the forgiving one where Belle is singing and it just shows clips from the 15-minute story beforehand. I blocked that out, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I went to do something during that. I was like, what? Okay, right. no. Okay, so another point in Enchanted Christmas's favor. Music isn't like as long you know, as it's Beauty Christmas. and the Beast quality, but it's not the worst. As long as it's Christmas. It's still – they play that at the Disney park too. That is like yep. – it's like legit – the store like is part well. of canon, I feel like, versus a lot of these. They're, sequels. Like, they're really not bad, those songs. Like, yeah, they're fun. There is that random Lumiere and Cogsworth song when they're in the jail cell. Okay, but that one's fun too. Okay, but it's just really random. It's really random, but it's fun. And like the the one that Belle has, like in the beginning with the storybook, like that oh, was yeah. really nice. And go watch Enchanted Christmas, I think, is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it for us. Um, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Geeky Waffle. We are on all social medias, geeky underscore waffle on Twitter, the Geeky Waffle everywhere else. Check out thegeekywaffle.com. You can, watch, you can read some awesome articles from people like Arzu and really cool recaps. I don't know what else to say. This was not fun to watch. If you want serialized romance, definitely go check out my article on thegeekywaffle.com about Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm going to plug this everywhere. Oh, my God. That's I shouldn't be as proud of this article as I am, but I am. 
That's like it's Beauty and the Beast-esque. 30 right? plus stories that are all very Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So well, um, if that's your read cup that, of tea. Watch Enchanted Christmas. Don't bother with Belle's Magical World. There we go. That's it. We hope you have a happily ever after until someone tries to make a failed TV show and then puts it into a movie and it's not a movie and we hate it. <laughs>